Water swirls, scattering blinding sunlight, obscuring the life below the surface. A rock, a shadow, or a fish? A secret to unlock, to ponder, or forget. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Fishermen are as full of superstition and exaggerated stories of epic fish as they are full of suggestions of when the best times to go fishing are. Some I have heard over the years include, trout fishing gets good when oak leaves are the size of mouse ears, and the fish don't bite until the bugs do. These are generally good suggestions, though can be slightly misleading. For example, there isn't much in the way of biting bugs when ice fishing, yet that is a productive activity. As we mentioned in last week's feature, another traditional indicator of good fishing is the flowering of our native rosaceous shrub, Amelanchier, or shadbush, which indicates the start of the spawning run of a large and historically important fish, and the focus of today's feature, the American shad. American shad, along with all other river herring, are anadromous fish. Anadromous is a scientific word that comes from Greek, meaning uprunning. These fish and their anadromous brethren, like smelts, tomcod, Atlantic salmon, and others, live their adult lives in the ocean and run up into freshwater rivers and streams to spawn. Once the young have grown to a certain size, they will return to the sea to grow fat on the ocean's bounty before starting the cycle over again. Shad, in particular, run at various times in the year, depending on where they live along their range from Florida to the Atlantic provinces of Canada. Here in Maine, that time is in the spring. Shad are large fish that can grow up to 30 inches, with the males being considerably smaller than the females. They are relatively thin fish that are brilliant silver on their bellies, fading into rich metallic purple on top. Their strong tail is deeply forked. Shad are filter feeders in the ocean, but stop feeding altogether when they enter fresh water. Despite this, they still readily bite at artificial flies and lures during their spawning run. Because they make good quarry for a rod and reel, and are strong fighters, they have been colloquially referred to as poor man's tarpon, in reference to their strength and color being akin to the much larger tarpon of the southern U.S. and Caribbean. Historically, American shad have been an essential and prized food for people living within their range, despite their bony reputation. The Mi'kmaq tribe of Maine and Maritime Canada tell a story of how shad came to be and why they are so riddled with bones. Evidently, a porcupine was turned inside out and thrown into a river, thus creating shad. Despite these bones, the flesh of the shad is delicious, fatty, white, and firm. Perhaps revered to an even greater extent than the meat are their egg-filled row sacs. Each female shad carries two of them, each the size of a small mango. When lightly brined, dusted with cornmeal, and fried in butter, the row sacs are simply delectable fare. Unfortunately, despite their strength and historic abundance, Shad also happen to be quite unskilled at navigating human-built dams, culverts, and other obstructions, making them the gold standard for fish passage when building fish ladders. Further complicating things, shad aren't always happy spawning close to the ocean. They have been recorded traveling as far as 500 miles upstream to spawn. For reference, the longest river in New England, the Connecticut River, is only 410 miles long. So any human-made obstruction anywhere on our New England rivers could potentially block a spawning run of shad. So their populations have generally been in decline throughout their range due to inadequate fish passage going up to their ancestral spawning habitat. There is, however, a glimmer of hope. Due to increased public interest in restoring river connectivity in Maine over the past decades, 
Maine is one of the few places in the Shad's native range that is actually seeing a slightly rebounding population, though our work is far from over. So this weekend, you can head outside to check out the runs of Shad yourself. If you are an angler with a rod and fishing license in hand, you could try fishing for them on any of our major rivers. If you aren't an angler, you can instead try going for a hike along the banks of one of our mighty rivers. You might just see one of these large American shads swim near the shore. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to the show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 